sometimes going to the top and solving a earlier problem is a discipline to set yourself up for the next bottleneck that you solve to have exponential improvements. Welcome to Marketing with Matt. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner looking to create more margin in your life and business, you're in the right place. For more after the show, be sure to check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com. Welcome out to Marketing with Matt. We're here with Matt Decino, where Matt shares his marketing secrets for entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking to create more margin in their life and business. And we're in a changing time. Matt, what's going on in the world today? Yeah, no, this is a unique season. I feel like every season feels unique, but I think this will be one of those memorable runs. If I look back over the decades, they call out 2008, they call out 2020. They don't really call out like 2016, 2015. You know, those are just kind of blur years for me. There was marked things that happened then, but for in the big scheme of it, it wasn't a significant season. I think we're in one of those significant seasons. I think in the in the recap, there will be, you know, you've got your 2008, you've got your 2020. Maybe this will kind of be clouded in there, but I, I think we'll, I think we're moving into like a 2023, 2024 might be another one of those uh, marked moments. Maybe it's an echo of 2020 that we've definitely seen. There's everything you do has consequences. And so we're just living into some of those consequences, uh, you know, unintended and, and not always foreseen, but um, things we're dealing with and growing through. And so, yeah, I want to talk to this idea of why your business isn't growing. And so I'm going to assume if you're listening to this right now that you don't feel like your business is growing, at least to the pace or the size that you expected. Why your business isn't growing. And my hint, if I'm going to give you like a spoiler alert, it's not recession. You know, what? what's interesting about times like these where we have significant downturns or changing economies is excuses become easier to accept. Right. Like it's like, well, it's easy to say, oh, I I had a failed business in 2008. I did. But it was like, well, the economy was there now. But there were other people who had very successful businesses in that time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it becomes now like easier to use. Oh, well, COVID knocked out my business. But really, it takes a deeper look, right, to see if that's really it. So right now, a lot of people are saying, oh, the recession is why my business isn't growing. But that's probably not completely true. When everyone starts saying it, it becomes really easy to believe it. When an industry is categorically hit, there's still a consolidation that happens. So some businesses will die, but in the exact same category, some will thrive. By that being true, that you're going to have some that thrive in the same category that some that die, it can't be recession. Recession can't be the reason why your business isn't growing. It could be the reason why it's harder to grow, no doubt, but it's not the reason that your business isn't growing because in almost every situation um, and in many situations, there's a consolidation that happens. So some will die away. That consolidation means others will grow. And so I want to talk through this idea of bottlenecks. This is a misunderstood concept, but it, it is so helpful in the world of, of marketing. So there's a, uh, a book, it's called The Goal. And it's interesting because it is a nonfiction book that was written for like business schools. So it's, it's a storyline talking about a man who worked at a factory and, uh, and was trying to improve like an assembly line business. And it, they, the book does a really incredible job of using stories to like solidify these concepts that are just unintuitive. And so I'm going to go through some of those concepts, um, some of the misconceptions that people have around that word bottleneck and how I see it misused and how the appropriate use 
of bottleneck and understanding there. And when it applies to your business and the marketing side of your business can actually ensure that in almost all seasons, you can still be growing because you're doing the right things. And so the definition of the bottleneck, right? The origin of this understanding of a bottleneck was in systems where there's a sequence of events. You got phase one, phase two, phase three, and you needed all three phases to happen to arrive at success. There's, there's a, a contingency there. There's a reliance. I need phase one to happen before phase two, phase two before phase three, and I needed all of them to happen for the ultimate success of whatever it was. And this was most commonly found in assembly lines, right? You put in, it might be raw materials that get heated up, they get flattened down, they get chopped up, they get resized, they get painted, and at the end, you have the product. At any phase in between, it's progress, but it's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal was throughput. That's the word you know, they talk about there. So this idea of throughput, the, the, the completion of the series of events. And in the story, it becomes clear that if you look at one piece of the machine, like you can think improving one part is gonna improve the whole machine, but it goes through illustrations where that's absolutely not the case. So the definition of a bottleneck, um, I don't know if this is, I actually don't know if this is a definition, but a very clean understanding of a bottleneck is a bottleneck is the single point of constraint on a system such that when you improve that point, the entire system improves. So bottleneck is singular. If you're talking about one system, you can't have multiple bottlenecks. The bottleneck is intended to be singular. It is a singular identification point. If you have multiple constraints, that's fine. One of them is your bottleneck. The other one is, is gonna be a fast follower to being your bottleneck, but it's not your bottleneck right here. That primary understanding that at any given moment in your business, there is one thing that deserves your complete and undivided attention, where if you improve that one thing, the entire system improves, that's liberating and terrifying, right? It's liberating. Yep. It's like, you don't have 10 things you need to improve. You have one thing today. At any given moment, you have one thing you need to improve. It's terrifying because that means you got to be discerning. Because the yep. inverse reality of this, which was the thing that hit me the most, is that improving a non-bottleneck improves nothing which is really hard. Like, and I guess, like you could say, well, Matt, it's improving the, whatever the marginal piece is like. So you could say to the goal, improving a non-bottleneck accomplishes nothing. You get no rewards, you get no accolades, you get no trophies for improving a non-bottleneck. The illustration of this is imagine in that assembly line where it's just easier with us as like material goods when I'm trying to do the mental gymnastics of like imagining right. what does this mean for my business? So you, you put down, you're like, okay, I've got the, let's say I'm going to go with 3D printing because I let, imagine I got it like a, I've got a 3D printing factory. For, step one is the filament is delivered um, into, into the warehouse and it's delivered in the warehouse. And uh, step two is it's installed onto the machines. And step three, the machines are, we say press print. Step four, we pull it off of the machine. And step five, we put it in a box and then ship it out, right? And so the goal is I want to ship out as many widgets as I can. 3D printed widgets. But if you look and you're like, man, we're just inefficient at uh, putting filament. That's like the little, the stuff that you print with. We're inefficient at putting the filament in there. So I'm gonna improve that system. If that's not actually the constraint, if that's not actually the bottleneck, what will happen? You will have a pile of filament growing up next to the machine that's actually printing stuff, right? So I've just got a pile. And, and what happens? That pile up of excess resources from efficiencies actually create inefficiencies. Now there's less room to walk around in. Now you're like, 
I got to find extra storage space for all this extra filament. So now you got to pay for extra storage space to store the excess filament that's there. And you got, you have, have to have extra people working to, cause now you got to move it to the spot. And then when there's too much, you got to move it off the spot and then you go back over there and move it back over the spot, right? This is just a physical illustration of how improving a non-bottleneck actually creates this waste that creates inefficiencies. Yeah. So let me move this into your business now. So that's, that's the goal. That's bottleneck bottlenecks, but there's only one, go- one bottleneck at any given time. If you improve that, your entire business improves. If you improve a non-bottleneck, it basically has no impact on your business. It actually creates inefficiencies uh, down the line is what you'll experience. There is a really helpful framework um, taking like everyday businesses, looking from like a marketing and, and just fundamental things of how a business operates into this system of a throughput. So if I change the goal, what is the goal of your business? If I say the goal of your business is to have happy, I'm going to call it like super stoked customers who want to keep buying from you and tell everyone they know that you exist. Whatever that category is, like that's, that's actually what I want to produce. I want my business to produce very happy customers who would love to keep buying from me and they want to tell everyone that I exist. Think of that as the goal. If that is the goal, then you can break down this, these five-point framework for what's happening in your business. The first is lead generation. It's awareness. How do people know you exist? The second is nurture. This is how do they experience value from you before they buy from you? And, you, and I'll, I'll give example. We'll come back through it and give examples here. The third one sure. is uh, sales. This is the conversion, like how many people actually end up buying from you. The fourth one is delivery. How do you give them what they bought from you? And the fifth one is retention and ascension. Like, do they stay with you and do they want to keep buying with you? Like they'll stay and they'll level up. They'll keep on buying with you. They'll be with you forever. And so, but on the output of that, if like, if I can get them to retain and ascend, right? They, they're basically in a spot where it's like, they stay around with me and they want to keep buying from me. And I'll, I'll go like, and they evangelize, right? And they become evangelists of my company. So now think about that. If that's what your, if that's what your system does, how can you not grow? How can you not grow? If, you, if you're pumping on all levels, you're like, I consistently every day have people who, I, I have strangers who learn that I, ex, that I exist. They experience value from me before they have to spend a dime. They want to spend money, so they actually do pay me. Then I give them what they paid for, and then they actually keep on paying me and can't help but telling everyone they know that I exist. I don't know, like it's very hard to, to, to not grow if, uh, if that's the state for your business. So let, let's look at examples here. And identifying a bottleneck, right? At any given time, there's only one. There's only one constraint. This is so hard for folks because I see folks, they'll look at this for their business and they'll say, you know what? We could be better at delivering our widget. Like in delivery, they're like, you know, I could, I could improve, right? We're like, our customers give us an eight out of 10. And that, that's not a bad thing. All of these things are good things. But if I look at your business and, and you're like, hey, we spent time, um, improving, I'm going to pick an example that's very close to a real example, but I don't want to do the real example for one of our clients. Close, but not the actual real example. Hopefully, if you're listening, you don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we got a a dentist's office and uh, they're like, I want to grow. And their impulse is, let's get new furniture. Let's repaint the walls. Let's get new furniture and uh, let's get new chairs. New chairs for our patients. We'll get new furniture in here. We'll paint the walls. Like the place will just look beautiful. Like people, we will up, we'll level up the experience 
of delivery for our customers. Like when they come in, when they experience a cleaning or or cosmetic surgery or whatever they're doing, like it will like we will improve that part. We're saying like, hey, it feels like we're like a three, you know, three out of five on this scale. Let's improve it. I want to get to like a four out of five, right? Not bad activities, but if at the same time I ask them, well, how do you get leads? How do strangers know you exist? And they tell me, well, it's it's just by referrals. It's not a bad thing. But if you are only getting leads through referrals, meaning you don't have you don't even have the power to to level that up. You couldn't like if I was going to score myself on how I do on lead generation, a five out of five means that today, if someone's like, I I want to 10x the leads that I get tomorrow, you could do it. Right? And so think of this in time frame. Like five out of five on lead gen means if you wanted to. 10x the leads that you get tomorrow, you know exactly how to do it and you can do it, right? And I could work down. Four out of five means if you wanted to 10x the leads that you get um, in the next one to three months, you can do it and, and you know how to do it, right? Three out of five, if you want to 10x the number of leads that you can get in the next year, you can do it and you kind of know how to do it, right? If you don't know how to 10x the number of leads that you get over the next year, you're two or one on lead generation. You're not in control. You are kind of wandering in business, right? Like you, you, the, and so this is the, the other aspect of this is why lead generation is interesting is similar to my example of like the filament for my 3d printing, the higher up you go on the, uh, the assembly line, the more valuable solving that bottleneck is, if that makes sense. So let's say I've got lead generation is a two out of five and also, um, delivery is a two out of five they're both equally bad. <laughs> it's still more valuable for you to solve a higher up the value line problem because it will then appropriately put pressure down the line. So if I go to my 3D printing, maybe my real constraint was 3D printers. I'm like, I just need more printers. But if you're only getting one roll of filament a day, right? And you know, a 3D printer can only do one roll of filament a day. But you're like, well, I look at this. Both of them are bad. My step one is bad and my step three is bad. If you're gonna choose to improve one, improve step one first. Improve step one because then, like by definition, right? If I, because if I improve step three or deliver that 3D printing, you know how many more widgets I can print in a day? No more. If, and to my example, right? If, my, right. If, if a printer could go through one roll a day and I get one roll a day delivered, adding another machine, nothing changes the output, Right? versus if I improve my, so I'm getting two rolls a day and this machine still can only do one, one a day. But now when I solve that, like it just quickly, I, it's, it's the order of things that you solve it. And now when I add an extra right. machine, I'm doubling my output. Now right. I'm in a place where you know that was, a, that was a bottleneck. So sometimes going to the top and solving a earlier problem is a discipline to set yourself up for the next bottleneck that you solve to have exponential improvements. And so that's, that's um, for a lot of folks. So yeah. you see on the first three of our business throughput, you've got lead generation, you've got nurture, and you've got like the sales. Marketing is like two to three out of our five-point chain. You know, I, I see a lot of people who, especially in a smaller agency, they're like, oh, I need a, I need a salesperson. I need a salesperson. Like they, they really want to solve that number three. But when you ask them how their leads and nurture are, they're like, well, I'm not doing that because I need a salesperson. I'm like, mm, fix the first problems first, right? Like, you know, you don't actually, it's just, it, 
it's the easier excuse because it's some it's external. And so they look to that sometimes. It's, it must be an external solution. It, well, it, that's exactly right. And I think there's you can you can solve these first two problems externally. Like you can you can if I was gonna if I was like I'm going for one or the other, like you could hire somebody else to do your lead gen, right? You could find a, a solution there to make that more predictable. Um, you could do this is why I still like paid advertising because it is one of the most predictable forms of leverage. Um, there's not a lot of folks who know how they could. I don't think you could do a five out of five and not be using paid advertising because it's, it's very hard to say like, I know how and I could 10x my leads tomorrow if you're not using paid advertising. If you're using paid advertising, I can actually predictably do that. Like we've gone through that process. Now, just because you can doesn't mean you will. Why? Because you might have like, now you know, once you get to that point, lead generation is no longer your bottleneck. Like you can get to a point... If I go back to my example, if you know, hey, I could 10x my leads over the next 30 days and I know how to do that. Well, that, that great, congrats. Like, phenomenal. Then I'm going to look at nurture, right? And so that, that secondary step of um, how does someone experience value from me before they spend any money from me? Uh, in like an everyday business, it's like you walk into, well, it's like a, you know, a, a donut shop or a bakery shop. Like that's free samples. That's literally what free samples are. Like I experience value before I've spent any money in professional services or these other, like if you, if you got an attractive character in the business or whatever it might be, you can still deliver value before they spend any money with you. This is why things like lead magnets exist or like freebies and giveaways and free, free trainings. This is why content is, is a really awesome uh, vehicle for delivering, like we call it like nurture. It's, they get to experience who you are as a business provider. You can teach them something. Uh, this is like a great thing. I think a lot of uh, more businesses just be teaching their prospects exactly what they do. Even if you do it for folks, you, people are, it's a scarcity mindset that says, uh, I, I don't want to share my, my secrets, if you will. Like, I don't want to teach anybody how I'm doing it. The reality is your best fit customers just want to see, wow, that's cool. They know how to do it, but I don't want to do this anyways, right? And so uh, ironically, a lot of folks in the, in the, if you're a service provider space, some of the best nurture you can do is just show people exactly how you do what you do. And your best fit customers are going to say like, that's great. Can I hire you? Right? And I, I like you see this on, um, you, this is really popular now and like in, in, social media forms, right? If I'm a, whatever, I'm a craftsman or I'm someone who uh, sells custom-made knives. If my video is like how I'm making the knife, that's great. It, it, it's, it's a ton of value. It feels like I feel connected to the process. I understand what you're doing. Like it actually just feels like a cool experience of being connected, right? Because at the heart of it, marketing, connecting people with other people that have a good or service. That process of connection is communication and, and you know, how do you communicate with the senses that you have? It's your words, that's the, your visuals, that's the sounds. And so the, um, um, if you're a bakery, that's the smells, right? So like, the, like these are the sort of things where on that nurture level, are you delivering value? Are, and, and you think of it like you're trying to deliver outsized value here on that nurture phase. It's funny because on this, on this step of, of awareness, I'll, I'll leave you guys with, I think I said maybe like one last little like practical tip and hack, if you will, uh, of why your business isn't growing. So there's three big blind spots that most businesses fall into. Um, one, people are looking for you and they can't find you. So it, most folks are in a category of a business where it's like, it's kind of obvious what you do, but there are folks that are looking for you and they just don't even see you, right? And so this, and you could pick it, pick out the area. Like say you're a, you know, whatever, you're a electrician, if you're not on next door and you're an electrician, there are people looking for you and they're not finding you. Like there are 
folks hacking the system and they're not even licensed electricians. They're just saying like, hey, anyone need electrical work? And they're getting business off of next door just because they're there. There are people looking for you. They just can't find you. The second reason why you're, you're not growing uh, is people find you and you're just ugly. <laughs> you're unattractive. It just is, it's just real. Like your, your digital storefront is the equivalent of, you know, like downtown Los Angeles, bars on the windows, bunch of trash scattered out in front, like no signage whatsoever. There's cardboard over the windows. That's how a lot of businesses look digitally. And so let me tell you, like they found you and they're like, pass. I'm literally like, you are serving as the perceptual contrast to someone else's business. They're saying like, well, he looks five times better than this other guy. That's it. That, that is a big blind spot is you were just ugly when it comes to being online. Um, and the third one is you're ghosting folks. They're reaching out to you and you're not even responding to them. The, the hack here I want to give you that I think everyone can implement is on that phase two of being ugly. Sometimes your ugliness is that you don't have enough reputation. Your, your reputation is inaccurate. If I look and see what reviews you have, if you have five, I will assume you've had five customers. Actually, I will assume you have had four customers and your mom left you a review. So that's, that's, what, that's what's happening right now. And a lot of folks for that second phase of just looking better don't realize that that's, that is a value-add building aspect of your business on phase two of our bottlenecks, right? Of, of, of our throughput business for, the, for, for any business, right? Creating an awesome customer. On phase two of nurture where they're experiencing value before they've paid you, that is the highest ratio of outsized returns that they will receive. Likely, it's just the reality, right? If I paid you, like this is why you go and you say like, man, how much, how much value have I experienced from like people who just publish a ton of stuff on YouTube? incredible amounts of value. And some of them have like a course I could buy. I buy that course and it's, I, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna beat the infinite returns on $0 spent. They've spent $0. So how much value have you received in relationship to the money you spent? Infinite more. And so a uh, classical model of, of, uh, well, I'll save this, but there, there's a, there's a model. We've seen this flywheel model. I'll, I'll get into it on probably a later show there. It, you do not have to wait for someone to become a customer for them to become a promoter. And this yeah, is one I, of those things where we, we do this well is we, in the nurture phase, when they're experiencing value, we convert them into a promoter early, which actually helps with our lead generation. Um, and so, and it helps with the nurture process. I say part of the nurture process of delivering value is giving them security and knowing that you're good. People actually prefer that and it's a frustrating buying decision or buying process. If you're out there looking for someone and everyone looks horrible, it would actually be a value add if someone was clearly the, the winner. I love this. Amazon, you go search something. What do they say? Amazon preferred because they know. I just want to know. Just tell me who the best is. Yep. Like that, that makes my life easier. And so for us in our businesses, that's a common blind spot is you are not actively making it easier for people to identify you as the best provider. And it doesn't matter what's going on around you in the economy. It's the people who are good at doing this, the fundamentals. They focus on the one thing that's going to move the needle. They uh, find ways to connect better and deliver value to their, to their prospects. Those are the ones that are consolidating the marketplace, even in a categorical pullback. So, Absolutely. Really huge, huge points. I hope people really... I mean, Matt gave kind of the, the five things you need to have working in your business, right? And then also, you know, three of the main reasons why you, why you might be 
not be growing. So hopefully you break those down, run that scorecard on your business, see what's working, what's not, where your actual bottleneck is versus where you're just uh, maybe potentially looking at an excuse. Um, Encourage you to do that analysis in your business and like, subscribe, follow, do all those things and share this with another entrepreneur or business owner who's looking to create more margin in their life and business. This is Marketing with Matt with Matt Ficino. Thanks for tuning in for this week's Marketing with Matt. Check out ProfitMoreWorkLess.com to learn how we create high margin marketing. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the podcast, feel free to make a recommendation. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Okay, bye for now.